Good morning, lovely people. It is Wednesday, January 11th. After an eventful week last week, the Lopes look to bounce back with a home and away with UT Arlington and Cal Baptist. Will the Lopes take care of business against the struggling Mavericks? Will they defend their home win over the Lancers in Riverside? We are looking forward to the week ahead and hope you are too. A new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Big by McMillan for three. Dishes out to Blaster for three. Good! Harrison. Up high. Put back by the corner. Push back on Harrison quickly to the block and drive baseline. Barrel. No doubt about it. Oh, Barrel, you bounced out of your seat on that. I never did. With a big right hand, give a little three-point advantage. Okay, so in the last episode, uh, I I mentioned that I was going to bring to you the uh, most obscure, like greatest athletes or teams of all times. And I brought uh, I brought up undefeated uh, Rutgers against undefeated Purdue as like the best team of all time. Well, let me introduce you to the best uh, basketball player of all time. And that is our boy, Javon Blackshear, when his foot is on the three point line. He <laughs> is absolutely unstoppable best true shooting I've ever seen in my life. I think we talked about this last week. <laughs> we did because I texted you about it when we were, when we were both at the Cal Baptist games, he made like three shots in a row with his foot on the line. And we texted about it of like, why is he like this? Um, but yeah, Blackshear is an absolute monster with his foot on the line. Just the best. Honestly, yeah, if we could, killer. if we could get, just draw up a set where he catches the ball with the foot on his line, it doesn't even matter if there's a defender just blanketing him. He's going to make the shot. If his foot is on the yeah. line, we just, unfortunately he's injured. So do you have any yeah. updates on that, Zach? Um, nothing official. I've heard, I've heard kind of on the low, like murmurs that he might be out for the season. Um, Oof. Uh, I don't know if you saw a race on Harrison's Twitter, but uh, wait for 10. It, yeah. It makes that's me tough. think that he's not coming back yeah, that's he's out for the year. Um, yeah. And I, I, so I, it sounds like YO and Blackshear are both out for the season. YO obviously had surgery. I don't think we expect him back or if we do, maybe not until Vegas. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. We don't know yet the severity of Blackshear's injury, but it sounds like it's significant and we're not going to see him for some time. Um, so maybe, I mean, we're going to look ahead at the, the games this week, but maybe this is a good place to start, which is a, uh, what do you like, what would be your given without, we don't have YO, we don't have Blackshear. What would be your starting lineup for, for this for this first game on Thursday against uh is it is it UT Arlington? Yeah, against UT yeah. Arlington. Yeah. I don't really I don't know. I know that Carr has been starting. I don't know that he's starting material yet. Yeah. Um I, I think Igehan has been serviceable. So I would probably honestly start Igehan over Carr. And it's not because I think Igehan's better. Um I do think he has more experience though. And it doesn't really matter if Carr is getting his his minutes off the bench, but also he uh, he almost ensures that you get the tip. So if if Carr is starting, then you get the tip. So you know I'm actually going to start Carr over Gahan then. So that that's where that comes in. So I got Carr coming in. Um, I think you have to have Baker in. He's been playing pretty decent. He had a really yeah. good game in uh, Sam Houston State, kind of. Um, aside from Ray Sean Harrison was a really good spark plug for the team after Blackshear went down. 
And I think he actually played pretty decently against Stephen F. Austin, even though the team kind of kind of didn't look so great. Um, mm-hmm. So I do I do Baker. I got Carr. I got Ray Harrison. Um, so that goes three. I, I would do. I would probably You're do McMillan. I know. I know. I'm trying to decide between Bauman and four. Um, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. I would probably start. Really? I'd probably start McLaughlin. Yeah. Over Bauman. And, and and the reason for that is, and it's not because McLaughlin's all that much better than, than Bauman is. I think Bauman is a lightning rod. And when he comes off of, off the bench, I think he's at least from what I've seen, he's better off the bench than in a starting position, but has he started many games? No, I don't know that he started any games. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm taking McLaughlin to start. And so that would put me at, Harrison, McMillan, Baker, McLaughlin, and Carr as my starting five. Yeah, I think that's a good lineup. That's the, in fact, that is the starting five we ran against SFA without, um, without Blackshear. In oh, fact, okay. I actually really like what Bryce Drew, Bryce Drew is doing. I think it's what you said, and I think it's exactly what 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 you would do and what I would do, which is start the starting five that you said and that we started against SFA, and then our first sub is I would actually put Bauman in for Carr and then move McLaughlin to the five. What we're seeing is uh, in that SFA game, Carr only got 13 minutes. Igehan only got 10 minutes, which means we got a lot of minutes with Bauman at the four and uh, McLaughlin at the five. And I really like that lineup. I think that's our best lineup. Um, I guess if we're getting burned really badly on on offensive boards like we were against SFA, it might be better to have Carr in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, like, I like having Carr in there to start and then going quickly into Bauman um, and then moving McLaughlin to the five. Well, Zach, even with Carr in the game against Stephen F. Austin, we gave up quite a few offensive rebounds, even with him in the game. So, yeah, that's true. And hey, I, I do want to bring up this uh, as as the season's gone on. It's when we look at kind of our depth chart, right? Um, without Blackshear, it seems like we kind we're getting of getting a lot less deep. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's, we're losing there's something. Players, yeah. Well, interestingly enough, although we're losing players, there's one player on our bench who seems to be playing less and less, even with that, and that's Walter Ellis. Um, earlier really? on in the season with um, with Blackshear and with Y.O., we were seeing like a reasonable amount of Walter Ellis minutes off the bench, and now it seems like we're kind of starting this three-guard offense with Baker, Harrison, and McMillan. Uh, and then Kobe Knox was the significant guard off the bench with 22 minutes in that SFA game with, uh, with Walter Ellis only getting three minutes. Now it, it could possibly be that um, obviously Knox is a pretty highly recruited freshman. So maybe he just took some time to build that. And maybe Ellis was more prepared at the beginning of the year. Uh, and and um, Kobe Knox is like surpassing him, but that is surprising to me to see Ellis uh, just get less and less minutes, even with the injury to Blackshear for him to only play three minutes and Knox to play 22 is surprising, especially when I, I don't even know that I, that Knox has been that great. Well, um, I would also like to say, let's hope that the observation that I made on Monday is yeah. not true. I, I just, I think he was just probably frustrated in the moment. I don't think he is really mad with the program. There's just probably a moment. I, I watched back the, the, after the play, and he goes and like they bring the chairs out onto the court because it's a timeout, right? Going into that play, mm-hmm. uh, right after the play. Um, and he goes and sits down next to like I think it's Baker, and they all just like are there and nothing like nothing comes of it. 
okay. so yeah, it was it was it's probably just frustration. I mean, he's a freshman. Um, you you were the one that said transfer, but, not me. So I don't think. I mean, like he's not gonna. It's, we're not gonna speculate we're not gonna, that a player's we're not gonna manifest that frustration on one play. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's just something to note. Is it seems like um, Igehan uh, is gonna get like a, a small portion of minutes off the bench at the five. Um, Bauman's going to get a significant amount of minutes off the bench as a forward with McLaughlin kind of moving back and forth between forward and guard. And that Knox is kind of the primary guard reliever for Baker and McMillan and, and also Harrison, although Harrison doesn't take a lot of minutes off. He played 36 out of 40 against SFA. How long um, is that going to be sustainable for Harrison getting 36 minutes? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it should be. Uh, and I guess the question is like, do we just not trust Walter Ellis? Is that like, like in a situation where we don't have Blackshear, uh, if we have, for example, Ellis and Knox both on the floor with like, with like Baker and Harrison on the bench. So if we have like McMillan, Knox, Ellis, Bauman, Carr, is, is that a lineup where like, we don't want to do? Well, Zach, um, tell me where, I don't is, know. where I don't was know Ellis that I, getting... The majority of his minutes was it against Ohio, uh, Idaho State? Was it against uh, Alcorn State? You know, Grambling State, San Diego Christian, um, or was he playing significant? <clears throat> minutes yeah, I guess against Pepperdine and and um, North Texas and those teams. Because I think he was um, primarily he playing more, against the bad teams. Uh, he got more minutes in the Nevada game than he did in this last game, and also uh, Isaiah Shaw. Uh, the freshman guard was got minutes right earlier on and isn't uh, really much. So it seems like despite the injuries, we're, we're getting less and less. So yeah, uh, Ellis got eight minutes in that Nevada game. He, he got four minutes in the Wichita game, um, which isn't a lot. In the Alcorn game, uh, he he only had three minutes in the Alcorn game. So like not, uh, not a lot there. Um, but yeah. I don't know what to, to make of that. He got 11 minutes in the Wyoming game that we won. Um, although that was that the first game where was that the game where Blackshirt initially got injured? No. Well, I can't remember, Zach. I can't say. He's logged. He's logged 11 minutes, uh, eight minutes against Nevada, 11 minutes against Wichita, eight minutes against Loyola Marymount. Right. So, so more minutes in like those bigger like games than he is right now with the Blackshire injury uh as well okay. as um it looks like he he didn't he was a he was a dnp against north texas i don't know what the deal is there gotcha. um but yeah so he's uh it seems like his playing down is going down it seems like um isaiah carr's playing time is non-existent um which which i i find maybe a little bit isaiah uh, shaw or Isaiah Shaw, yes, sir. Man, I always am getting those two confused. Um, <laughs> so that's surprising to me. I, I wonder uh, against UT Arlington, a team that, let's be honest, just is not super great. I wouldn't be surprised to see Harrison uh, and Baker um, and Chance Having all play under minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah, let them play under 30 minutes, get Knox a lot of minutes, get, uh, get Ellis minutes, get Shaw minutes. Like, let those guys play more. Um, and then I, I would say also let Carr play more. I, this is a game where I think you can let Carr play 24, 25 minutes. Um, obviously, like if it starts to go bad, you have that like starting unit or with maybe Bauman instead of uh, Carr. But I'd like to see the Lopes be up enough to get some more minutes from those guys. Yeah, no kidding.
Hey, before we get into the UT Arlington game, let's do questionable scenarios. Yeah, let's go for it. Pick one. The Lopes win both games this week by a combined 60 points, but you have to eat every meal this week at Jack in the Box. Or the Lopes lose both games by a combined 60 points, but you can eat whatever the heck you want. Even breakfast? Even breakfast, Zach. You can choose not to eat. I'm just gonna, can I just skip breakfast? Yeah, yeah you okay. can skip breakfast. So I can do four meals. I can do four Jack in the Box meals for two 30 point wins. Uh, you got to do. You got to do it through bad. through Saturday, Zach. Oh, from now until the games. Yeah. No, you oh, have I to. You're saying just all this the way, weekend, dude. All, all the way until Saturday's game oh, is man. over. This is such a nightmare. Hey, uh, I might be inclined to do it. I think. Hey. I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to drive out to Cal Baptist for that game on Saturday. You're going to? We have no school on Monday because I think it's Martin Luther King Day, the 16th. Okay. So Dude. I might I might mess around and drive to Riverside. I, I did. I made that trip once by myself many years ago. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was Cal Baptist's first ever game against GCU the year they first joined the WAC. Yeah, um, yeah I might make that trip. I had a really great time. Um last time and it falls on a Saturday and I have Monday off. So sweet. Dude. Um, is it a night? It's not a, it's like a day game. Is it? I don't know. Um, with that being said, man. Uh, so I'd love to see them win. Yeah. That's a sacrifice I can make. How many days of Jack in the box is that? Like starting Monday, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, six days of only Jack in the box. Yep. How often do you eat Jack in the box? Never. Good like answer. I can't even think <laughs> that the is the correct time. answer. I can't even think of the last time I went there. Seriously. When I was in Arizona over Christmas break, we went and that was the first time that I've had it since I was probably a freshman in college. And yeah. we went because I had to drop my dad off at Home Depot and my brother was with me and we went and we just got curly fries. Yeah, I recall going a couple of times in college just because your options after midnight are Jack in the Box and McDonald's. Um, and so I think there were instances when I went when it was past midnight and like I was out doing something and nothing was open, Um, but it would never be like anywhere near the top of any list of places I would want to go. (laughs) With that being said, um, I don't know that I find it like repulsive. Like I would never eat a Jack in the box. I just don't particularly like it. Um, Oh dude, that, that place makes my stomach bubble. Yeah. It's not, it's not it. (laughs) What what are you going to, on the other hand, (laughs) that one was for Ryan. Uh, Dude. Um, (laughs) <laughs> speaking of burger king can i just say the best jingle of all time whopper whopper, whopper. <laughs> bk those those tiktoks have are it so your way funny like <laughs> like the so the, the ultimate <laughs> combo of doom is like uh a mike breen bang that's the largest lead of the night into the whopper, 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 whopper. if you want to just end it all dude like imagine you're watching the Celtics and like Giannis like throws one down and you just hear a bang, the largest lead of the night, and then it just cuts to whopper, whopper, whopper chicken, whopper. <laughs> like, like tell me you're not turning the game off. Like I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go watch something else. Like I, I that's okay. I'm good. Jeez, dude, that's so funny. So what are you gonna be ordering from Jack in the Box oh. for the next week? Dude, I, like, what do they? They like have like what, like burgers and stuff. Like, they have they have they burgers. Do. They have tacos. Actually, I have oh, a yeah. funny. Oh yeah, Jack in the Box has tacos. That's like 
I'm gonna pull a... up. I'm gonna pull up their menu right now. Um, speaking of Jack in the Box tacos, though, so Austin's cousin Tyler mm-hmm. has a great story about ordering like twelve Jack in the Box tacos, and he opens the first one, and a beetle crawls out of it. Dude, I you're making me all right less inclined to do this. What <laughs> happens if I don't do this? What like, then the lopes lose, lose by yeah we lose by a combined sixty points both games. Dude, this is no like. This is less realistic than me becoming a pirate. Like, <laughs> I'm more likely to become a pirate than we are to lose by 30 to UT Arlington at home, bro. Well, you, we're all, you're also more likely to become a pirate than to eat Jack in the Box for a week. What are we, the Suns in a playoff game? Like, come on, we're not going to lose by 30. <laughs> <laughs> to UT Arlington. Um, hey, yeah, why can't I, mean, I get the menu? Oh, there we go. Okay. I would I, I have I would to select a location. Get, like, they have curly fries. Curly fries are kind of good. I don't know. I would probably get like curly fries and like. I feel like the most pl- like the more plain a burger is, the less chance it is that they can mess it up, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know that I trust their ingredients. Like, I don't trust their meat either. But like, I don't know that I trust their ingredients, you know? Hey, so like, before we get on with that burger and like curly fries, I don't know, man, this doesn't sound good. This is not promising before we get on with that. So you, yeah. you're talking about ingredients. Um, yeah, so you know how, like, there's that whole thing about LeBron going on right now. Uh, what thing? The, so like, like, he's complaining about the roster and everything. And there was this whole thing okay. where like he was yeah, in GM an interview. LeBron. Sorry. He was in an interview. GM and he... LeBron. <laughs> yeah, he said something in an interview as he was walking away. He said, you know what has to be done or something like that. And he was like irritated. <laughs> I saw this Twitter thread. Yeah. And yeah. you know that meme where it's like Subway sucks. <laughs> and then it's like, dude, you built the sand or you made the sandwich, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's LeBron with the team. It's the same thing. Yeah. It says LeBron be like, my team sucks. Bro, you built the roster. <laughs> And I saw yeah. this guy commented. No, this guy commented. He'd be like, "Nah, man, it's the ingredients." <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Westbrook's Westbrook's jump shot and 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 uh, and uh, there's I don't know, I forgot their center thing. Anthony Davis's knee. Like you can't like you can't fix those, man. <laughs> LeBron be like, "Nah, bro, it's the ingredients." <laughs> I thought you were talking about the LeBron meme where he's like clearly clairvoyant and he's like i told him that was gonna happen oh yeah no that's a that's <laughs> like a and i said meme. donovan mitchell he's going for <laughs> 71 tonight <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one actually so let's see what we got for yeah. the uh jack in the box menu so they serve red bull <laughs> they have infusions what <laughs> yeah, like, they... <laughs> dude no thank you <laughs> okay so they I got hefty no thank they you. got two tacos for 99 cents um <sighs> They got the classic buttery Jack burger. Looks like you got Swiss okay. cheese on that bad boy. You got okay. the bacon and Swiss buttery Jack. You got the Great. sourdough Jack. Just a bunch of the buttery Jacks, you know? All right. So they got a bunch of Jacks and those are just burgers. Yeah. Okay. So uh, chicken, we have the Jack spicy chicken. We got the grilled chicken sandwich. We got the Sandwiches deluxe, right. you know, just basic ones. We got some chicken strips. We got some nugs. Okay. Um, we got a chicken fajita pita combo. <laughs> Dude, no thing. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. We got a chicken teriyaki bowl. No, not not from Jack in the Box. From we don't. Jack in the Box. No, that's okay. Um, let's see. Man, what else? this just sounds terrible, dude. Desserts. Um, just a bunch of shakes. Ice cream. Um, 
I'm sure their shakes are fine. Yeah. But I'm or sure they have, ice cream machine they have a late night <laughs> menu selection. Ooh. So Does it have alcohol? Here. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not Taco Bell Cantina. Um, <clears throat> so they got the stacked grilled cheeseburger munchie meal. <laughs> What does that even mean? They have a sriracha curly fry burger. It's just a burger with sriracha and curly fries. Dude. Oh, and then they have the sriracha curly fry burger munchie meal. Munchie meal? Yeah, dude. Um, No, dude. This is is terrible. I'll do it. I'll do it for the boys, but I'm not going to be happy. You know what I would be doing? I would just get curly fries for every meal, and that's it. Dude, yeah, curly. I'll take curly fries and a shake, and it'll be all right. Well, I'm 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 thankful that we'll you're going to do this for the Lopes because I could not, I couldn't keep doing yeah. this if if we lost by a combined sixty points to UT Arlington at home and Cal Baptist on the road. I think yeah, my pride can't let me lose those games, so I'll I'll eat a bunch of Jack in the Box for the boys. Thank you. So UT Arlington got them on Thursday yeah. at GCU Arena. I I'm excited for this game for for the reasons that we said previously. Um. I think this is a chance to see minutes from from more guys. Uh, given the severity of the the YO injury and the Blackshear uh, injury, this is a this is a, a game where you play every person on your team. I think like and just let them let them go. Um, at least you hope to. The, at least you hope to. Yeah, this is not a good team. Um, they they do have two wins this season against Division One teams. Um, <laughs> one of those wins though is actually pretty huge. Uh, it's a win at San Francisco. Um, that game was awesome. I, I remember watching that game uh, earlier this year. That game was awesome. Since that game, they've lost five straight. Um, most recently to Seattle by 15 at home, uh, by 18 to Utah Valley at home, um, by four to SFA at home. I'm not particularly concerned. Um, I think uh, we're, well, we are 13-point favorites. I think that that's probably fine. I think we can probably even cover that. Um, but yeah, this I mean their their offensive efficiency is uh or their 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 effective field goal percentage is number 362 in the country. So it's like what the second worst they're the second worst effective field goal percentage in the country. They might um, be the only team in the conference that's worse than us. Dude, 362 is really bad. We're 301. There's gotta be some other teams. Um but yeah, like man, that's just that's just terrible. Um, that paired with our pretty good defense, I uh, means like they're just not going to be point scorers. Um, their, their adjusted efficiency on offense is three fifteen, and their adjusted efficiency on, uh, efficiency on defense is two twenty four. So it's not particularly great either. I just don't see us having a hard time. I think, um, we kind of talked about potential lineups. I think we'll just run, um, with, with car at the five and then we'll put bombing into the bombing into the four and move McLaughlin into the five. And then from there, um, we have we have opportunities to see some Walter Ellis minutes, to see some Isaiah Shaw minutes. Obviously, we'll continue to see minutes from Knox, um, McMillan in, in the starting lineup. Um, will be good. Eat more Igayon minutes. Um, Igayon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure thing. Um, and and yeah, so that's that's what it's going to be. Um, I'm I'm excited for this one just because I I kind of want to see. Like what we got with those guys, uh, maybe some Logan Landers minutes. Um, Ooh, Logan Landers minutes. Okay. Who have we not? Is there any? Are there any players we haven't seen at all this year? I don't believe so. Um, Carr hadn't played until recently because of the red shirt. Uh, yep. 
Derek Michael Xaviero. Is he redshirting? I think so because he's not on roster. Okay. Yeah, he's a freshman from Indonesia, six foot ten. Um. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we, we've seen everyone play. Um, but I'd like to see, uh, given the injuries to Blackshear and Igeon, or not Igeon, Blackshear and Yo, I'd like to see everyone that's in roster play. Um, that's kind of that's kind of where I am. I don't foresee us having a hard time. I'd be very very surprised if we lost this game. I think it's like, I think like uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to do the, um, who's the guy who did the like Virginia Sharpie and then UMBC won. Like, because he did it before the game started. I don't, I don't remember who about. you're talking about, but I know there's what a, you're talking there, about. There's a guy on Twitter who, like, in the NCAA tournament, he'll say like something sharpie, like after the game is over. But on the Virginia U yeah. on the infamous Virginia UMBC game, right when the game tipped, he said Virginia sharpie, and then UMBC won by twenty. But I'm ready to say GCU sharpie on this one, like pre-tip. Um, I don't think there's like a world that we lose this game. And if you're a UT Arlington fan listening to this, which let's be honest, you're not. But if you are a UT Arlington fan and you're listening to this, like you can roast me for this if we lose, but we're not going to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have much to say other than this team's pretty bad on defense and really bad on offense. Does UT Arlington have a chance to beat GCU or is the only opportunity that UT Arlington wins this is if GCU beats themselves? Um, they have a chance to be GCU. Well, yeah, they have a chance to be GCU in the same way that Alcorn State did is like, if they just play hard and put pressure on us, I mean, like, realistically, they've beaten a team this year that is better than GCU and that's San Francisco. Um, it can happen. What happened in that game, though, I don't know if you saw it. They, they won the game by five points and that was in San Francisco. They were but up I'm pretty by sure, a significant margin. Yeah, they were up by a million. And then like, they started to like, kind of get stressed out and late in the game it was like san francisco is coming back with a vengeance are they going to be able to come back fast enough but like san francisco outscored them by like 20 in the last six minutes of that game um so it could happen right like it could happen in the same way that like a 15 seed could be the two seed um like if they get hot uh and and we get cold at the same time they could find themselves up a lot and then they could they could play that lead so it's possible um UT Arlington has a 12% chance to beat us, but I believe we only had a 12% chance to beat Sam Houston on Thursday and we won. So uh, I guess it's possible um, given that and the win against San Francisco, but really like, I mean, I just, I don't see it. They've only won two games against D one. They've lost five in a row. Four of those games have been to teams ranked lower than GCU. Three of those games have been at home. Um, So I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think the Lopes are going to just get to, they're going to get to to experiment with a lot of stuff, which I think will be really good for them, given that they're they're still trying to figure it out without Blackshear. Gotcha. So Ken Palm has it at what a fifteen point margin for GCU. Uh, 13. 13, 13 point margin for GCU. Uh, yes. What are you doing over under? Uh, I, I guess not over 15. under. What you, you think you're recovering? I think we'll cover for thirteen. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I also have GCU. Minus 13. Um, is that all you have on UT Arlington? Yeah, I, I just, I don't have too much to say. Um, they're not a team that really, uh, I, the only, I've only watched them play once this year, granted. And that time I watched them play incidentally, they won. Uh, so I watched them play the San Francisco game. Um, and I, I was, I was honestly not impressed because it felt like, um, 
it was just one of those games where everything was going right for them and everything was going wrong for San Francisco. And then when, when push came to shove and it came late in the game, they just turtled up and you know how, like we, you know what GCU did in the last 40 seconds of overtime against Sam Houston, where it was like, we just are trying so hard to not win. Yep. Uh, UT Arlington did that for about six minutes of just yeah, like, I, I watched it as well. It yeah. Was, so yeah, like I just, I just really don't, I don't know. I don't think this team is very good. Uh, and I think that we are going to win by a lot and we're going to cover. All right. Love to hear that. Yeah. GCU, uh, three, three and one against the spread this season, I think. Okay. Or we've only played three games, right? So two and one against the spread. Nice. We, did, we didn't cover against SFA. GCU travels to Cal Baptist in Riverside, California, Saturday, January 14th. We actually just played Cal Baptist uh, just about a Night. week and a half ago. Yeah. We won that game by for, 14. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think for the road game? Well, first of all, I do want to mention that uh, we're actually protected to lose. Cal Baptist is one point favorites in that game. It's listed as a 50 50 on Ken Palm. Um, I feel pretty good about our chances. Granted, like it's a road game, uh, but we just, I, I think honestly, we played pretty well in this road game. I don't think Cal Baptist is nearly at the level of either San Francisco or or not San Francisco, Sam Houston, or uh, the other team, Stephen F. Austin. Um, I don't know. I think we're going to win. I don't think Cal Baptist is that great. They did just come off a pretty nice win at New Mexico State, but like, who hasn't beat New Mexico State this year? Um, <laughs> sorry, anywhere, anytime I can get a dig at the Aggies, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so yeah, I'm not super... <clears throat> Uh, I'm not super scared of these guys. The only thing that's interesting is like they they are a pretty decent defensive team. They're ranked 99th in the country in adjusted efficiency, but like we kind of handled them when they came here. Um, and I I think we'll do it again. Keep in mind, so, Zach, we won't have Javon Blackshear with a foot on the line. Yeah, that's true. That was the Blackshear foot on the line game. Yeah, <laughs> but we will have me in attendance in Riverside. Do you think that GCU uh, Lopes Nation is going to travel? I do. Well. I do think we'll travel well. But the crazies will be there. This is Calbat. Like, uh, it's not going to be like Sam Houston or SFA where we're not going to be able to hear the nine fans in the stadium shouting. <laughs> like, uh, Cal Baptist fans are awesome. The crazies, I think, is what they're called. They're going to show out. They're going to be there. They're going to make it hard for us. They have a good, Cal Baptist has a good home court advantage. Um, yeah. As, as opposed to like some other teams that just don't have fans. So that, that'll make it more difficult. But the Lopes will travel. We always do. Um, we traveled really well last time I went. Um, last time I went to Riverside to watch GCU play Cal Baptist, we traveled really well, but uh, obviously their student section, uh, it reminded me of the Havoc. So uh, that's going to be good. It's a really fun environment. <clears throat> um, have you, You've never been to their uh, to a game at Riverside, have you? No, I have their games. <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. I, I really liked it when I went, and I, I'm excited that this falls on a Saturday that I have a Monday off, so I might make the four-and-a-half, five-hour drive down. Do it, bro. Yeah. Hey, um. Do you think that they're going to have beat GCU t-shirts again? Uh, I hope so. And if they do, I hope I get one. Are you going to wear yours? That would be really funny. Cal Baptist didn't beat GCU. Didn't. Yeah, that was the joke uh, for the last, the game we just played against them last week is I, I uh, when I went to the GCU at Cal Baptist game many years ago, I got a um, GC or CBU beat GCU shirt. And so I, I wore that shirt to the, the game. Uh, last week and i just wrote and sharpie didn't <laughs> and then they proceeded to not beat us again um so yeah that would be funny has cal baptist ever beaten us yeah they beat us once 
last year, I think, and then they beat us gotcha. once the year that we won the WAC. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, this is um, yeah, this is this is gonna be interesting. I don't like, I don't know. I I feel pretty confident about it just because I I think GCU is the better team, but I do acknowledge that Cal Baptist has one of the better home court atmospheres. So so I understand why that's such a significant spread. So even though we beat them by fourteen, that doesn't necessarily mean that we could beat them on the road. Um, I can see us losing, but I I don't think we will. I'm pretty confident um, that that we'll find a way to win that one just because this team has more willpower than teams in the past. True. Um, so I think if it's a if it's a close game down the stretch, I think we'll figure it out. They're another team like UT Arlington that's really bad at effective field goal percentage. Um, they're they're two seventy third in the country. Obviously, we're we're pretty bad ourselves, but um, they're just not great. Not a great offensive team. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really like Rick Croy. I think he's a great coach. Obviously, Gerard Martin is on that staff, and he's uh, one of our all time favorite Lopes. So. Um, they're always fun to watch. I, I really like Cal Baptist. They're they're a fun school. They have good fans. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get it done. I'm excited to go down to Riverside for that one. Ken Palm has the game as a one point line in favor of the uh, the Lancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that the Lancers are going to cover. Um, really, I, I there's nothing that could happen in the UT Arlington game that would convince me that we're going to go into Cal Baptist and win. I just don't. We, we lost to a Stephen F. Austin team that I think we're better than. Um, granted, it did come after a really um, emotional and, and hard-fought game against Sam Houston State. But um, I know that Cal Baptist considers us a rival. Um, and, and I wouldn't mind that r- rivalry developing, you know. Um, but like you said, they have that, that home court advantage. They have a pretty solid fan base. And I... I just haven't seen anything from the Lopes, especially without Blackshire, without YO, that really has me convinced. Yes, we did beat Sam Houston State, but that took a Rayshon Harrison going absolutely nuts. Just basically, he went nuts. Yeah, but he's he's pretty. He's been able to consistently. Like, he we we said it was going nuts relative to what we had seen from him, but I think we've seen that now in three games in a row. I think he was just as nuts the next game against Sam Houston. And he also, I think, had you like mean, 19. You thought he was nuts against Stephen F. Austin? I think he was nuts in all three of our last games. Against I, didn't see, I didn't see the stat line for, for Stephen F. Austin, but I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was super impressed by him, but I could be totally wrong. He probably was very productive. Um, I just, I'm not super, I'm just not super confident right now. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's wrong of me to be lacking in confidence. He had 19, but okay. off four for 11 shooting. So not a super efficient yeah. day. Uh, that was, he was 11 for 13 from the line though. That was where um, okay. we shot really well from the free throw line in that game. He got to the line a lot. So that, that is what really kind of benefited him a lot in that same Houston game was getting to the line. He did yeah. a really good. I think he had 10 points from the line in that game. Anyways, I like I said, I, I just don't I'm not super confident. I, I'd be happy to be wrong though. Um yeah. GC goes in and wins. Obviously, I'm not gonna complain about that. So yeah. Man, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh I think I think we'll get it done. I, I'd like to by the time we do another podcast, I'd like to for us to be two and oh. Yeah. But I guess uh yeah, I guess we'll see. Yep. Um 
Do you want to look at some other things going on around the WAC? Yeah, let's do around the WAC first. Before we do that, let's check in on the championship belt. We talked about it a little bit on Monday, the WAC championship belt. Remember, if you have any ideas for the name of said championship belt, please let us know on Twitter. Last week, Southern Utah started with the championship belt after beating New Mexico State. They went and lost it to Tarleton on the road, and then Tarleton lost it to Sam Houston State on the road. So now Sam Houston State on Thursday, January 12th, will be playing at Southern Utah, who, you know, started last week with it. Uh, Sam Houston State will begin their title defense of the championship belt, and uh, they'll hope to retain that as they play Southern Utah, their challenger on Thursday. Yeah. Should be an interesting one to, to keep track of that. And obviously, like we mentioned, if you have a name uh, suggestion for that, go ahead and let us know. A um, couple of interesting things. We do have three Wednesday games this week. One of them is a non-conference game for Ooh. Tarleton, but against a familiar foe, Tarleton taking on the Chicago State Cougars, a former WAC team. I noticed that earlier today. So, so that'll be fun. Uh, Chicago State... Traditionally, uh, not a very good program. Um, one of the worst in D1s pretty regularly. There was a stretch there where, like, they, I think, for over a year, didn't win a single game against a Division One team. Um, they did so beat the, New yeah, Mexico are, State on the last regular season game, though, one year. They was did. That last year they or two years ago? One year. Uh, uh, or maybe that was 2019. I can't remember. But, yeah, no, that yeah, was kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, Chicago State, they're one of the few uh, independent teams in in college basketball. Uh, one of only two. The other one's Hartford. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to play Tarleton. Tarleton should win that. Um, I, I am interested in this Utah Valley at Cal Baptist game on Wednesday, um, just for the sake that we have uh, Cal Baptist in Cal Baptist on Saturday, and we have Utah Valley at home, uh, I think, the week after. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Utah Valley, who, who I think is a better team, probably the best team in the WAC, right? We said riding that 10 game winning streak. Um, can they, you know, have their way with, with an inferior Cal Baptist team or is, is the home environment going to be beneficial enough for Cal Baptist to, to get that win? I I'm excited for that one a lot. Um, Utah Valley is one point favorites in that game at Cal Baptist. Ooh, only um, one. So that should be a really good one. Yeah. That should be a really good one. Um, As GCU fans, we also, do we want yeah, do we want ahead. Cal Baptist to win that game? Um, I think we do. Because remember, uh, we went we beat do Sam just, Houston State and then lost to Stephen F. Austin. So, I think we do just for just for the winners of it. Um, <laughs> too. Uh, I I think we we given that we won against Sam Houston on the road, I think we have a pretty good shot to get the one seed, which is not something I thought would be possible coming in. But given that we only play Sam Houston once and only play Utah Valley once, we we did the hard work of winning in Sam Houston. Um, if we beat Utah Valley at home, um, that would give us a really good shot to be to be the one seed, I think. Um, and, and we'll get more into the Wimmers in a little bit. But that's that's Wednesday. Um, there's there's two games that I think are, are interesting on Thursday and two games that are not interesting. I think uh, GCU and UT Arlington is probably like going to be the least competitive of the four. Um, granted, we'll be watching it because it's our lopes, but uh, Sam Houston at Southern Utah is the WAC championship belt game. It also should be a pretty good game. Uh, Southern Utah is a team that I think is, is decent. Um, they, they could certainly find a way to win this one. Um, they did lose a tough one in Tarleton 
Um, but they won their most recent game at Abilene Christian. They also notably won at New Mexico State earlier this year. Sam Houston, obviously, uh, coming off their most recent game, I believe, is a win against Tarleton. Um, so that's one I'm keeping my eye on. We also have New Mexico State at Seattle U. Uh, it's it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object of overrated. Uh, New Mexico <laughs> State is on an absolute skid. Um, and they've lost. They've lost their first. They're zero and four in conference play so far. Three of those losses coming at home. They just don't look very good playing at Seattle, um, a Seattle U team who um, is currently third in the rank according to Wimmers, but also not very good. Incidentally, if Seattle wins that game, that's their highest Ten Palm ranking win of the season. New Mexico okay. State at one fifty four, which <laughs> tells you a lot about the kind of this kind of team that Seattle is. Um, yep. But this is we're we're just foreshadowing, especially on Monday's episode. We're just foreshadowing to my rant coming up about the Wimmers and how terrible they are. Um, Seattle, you play a real team challenge level still impossible. They're three and zero in conference plays with their wins coming at home against Cal Baptist by six, at UTRGV by two. Who let me remind you is ranked three hundred and six in the country, and. Uh, in UT Arlington by 15, who is ranked 280th in the country. So they're a wonderful 3-0 and against three pretty bad teams. But of play course, they a are real team. Yeah, well, they're going to play New Mexico State, and they're probably going to lose. And then they're going to play Utah Valley, and they're definitely going to lose. They are four-point favorites against New Mexico State. And I was just, man, like, this is the one where I, obviously, I don't ever want New Mexico State to win a conference game. But I also kind of want New Mexico State to beat Seattle. Uh, because they're ranked ahead of us in the Wimmers, and I think losing at home to New Mexico State would really tank them. Um, let's let's go Aggies. I'm I'm comfortable with saying it. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel as good beating them if we were to beat them, obviously. But it wouldn't feel as good if they had zero conference wins. So <laughs> yeah, we really need we really need the Aggies to start showing up and making this game an actual interesting right matchup <laughs> on Saturday. Um, I think the Saturday slate is not as interesting. Um, I don't think there's any like really big games. GCU Cal Baptist might be the best game of the day. Yeah. Um, SFA at Southern Utah is interesting. Uh, I think SFA is better. Uh, I think SFA is better, but I think Southern Utah is good enough. That they could probably win that game at home. So that might, that might be an interesting game. Abilene Christian at Tarleton, I think will be a good game in that. I think it'll be a pretty competitive match game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that one will probably be a good game. Chicago State at UTRGV, they're, uh, they're making their run through the whack. I, again, uh, Chicago State's notably pretty bad. I expect UTRGV to win. Seattle U's playing in Utah Valley. Um, as, as far as the Wimmers goes, this is a really big game. Um, realistically, Utah Valley, I think, is going to win that game by 50. Um, that was that was hyperbole. But they are so seven-point favorites. And I'll do you think this is the, the week that, that Seattle gets its, uh, finally gets exposed? No, because I think they'll win by one against New Mexico State at home, and then they'll like lose by 28 at Utah Valley, and then they'll move down like 0.03 in the winners. And then everyone's going to be like, well, Utah Valley is just too good. And then GCU will beat Utah Valley and still be ranked behind Seattle. Like, I don't know, man. I've just given up on hope. I thought for sure they had that four-game span, Oregon State, Alcorn State, Utah State, Iona. And at that point, they were 7-1, and one, and I said – Seattle U is not good. They're going to lose three of these four games. They proceeded to lose three of these four games and then go up in the rankings and winners. Um, they're currently they, they lose to Iona and then gain points. <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. They're ranked 140th in Ken Palm. They're they're uh, 
like what, 13 points behind GCU? No, 20, 30, 36 points behind GCU, but they're ranked above us in the Wimmers. Uh, I don't know how they're ranked above us in the Wimmers when we're higher than them in both net and Ken Palm. Uh, it doesn't make any sense that Seattle is ranked above Grand Canyon. They they simply should not be. Um, I just, I don't get it. Um, I don't get it at all. Hey, but Zach, they, random, they've gotten random thought. Um, yeah. Since we were talking about Iona. Um, Seems good. They are very good. Hey, um, do you know who their coach is? Yeah, it's Rick Pitino. Hey, do you know that Rick Pitino was, um, I guess, in the market of a D1 job when GCU was in the market of finding a coach? Yeah, I remember this being a rumor. Hey, Zach, do you remember that Rick Pitino has played or has coached in GCU Arena? Yeah, and he and and uh, what's his name? Our guard. Oh man, I forget his name. Dwayne dropped Russell. Like 40, Dwayne Russell dropped like forty-two points, and Rick Pitino talked about how good Dwayne Russell was, how good GCU is, and how great our student section was. I remember that. Hey Zach, why is no no disrespect to Bryce Drew? We love Bryce Drew. Why is hey, Zach? Why is Rick Pitino? Why is Rick Pitino not our coach? Um, scandal. <laughs> I think. Come on. We no, had I think that's what it Dan is. Marley. We had Dan Marley. Yeah, but Dan Marley wasn't scandalous. He was just bad. Have you seen his Instagram? <laughs> I haven't. Should I? Maybe. All right. Maybe that's. Sorry. Should I say? Have you seen who he follows on Instagram? Ooh, no, I have not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Rick Pitino is great. I mean, I think that's a testament to like why he's at Iona. Like, certainly, he's a high enough profile coach to get a better job. I don't remember exactly. He was. So what happened was he was coaching at Louisville, and then there was a huge. Like was it like a recruitment violation scandal? Was yeah, that what it something was? around those lines. I was, and I then was he went a little too young to understand what was Greece, going on. And he coached professional basketball in Greece for a couple years. Yep, and then came back and the and, national team. Yeah, and then he came back at the time that we had just gotten rid of Marley, uh, and of course we hired Bryce Drew. Uh, Iona hired him, and now Iona is one of the top mid major teams in the country. I I'm I think Bryce Drew is awesome. Um, yes, he is. And of course, uh, Rick Pitino's son, Richard Pitino, is uh, killing it in coach. New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico, one of the one of the, the last undefeated team in the country. I, I, they've lost now, but they were, they the, were last the last team. undefeated team in the country. Hey, um, and he also, yeah, yeah, Richard also beat Rick in a head-to-head. Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. I saw that game. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was the the just the scandal coming off. Um, Greece. I don't think, I mean, by no doubt he's a great coach, but where the reason we didn't hire him is the same reason that any other power five didn't hire him. Um, yep. Yep. But, but also, obviously he's really good at, and I think, I think his next really job fits the profile. For Iona. Yeah. I think his next job is a power five job. Yeah, I agree. Some underachieving power five that isn't doing well, will totally hire him after what he's done at Iona. Cause he can still coach um, other whack games, New Mexico State's hosting UT Arlington. Um, even if they lose at Seattle U, uh, if they don't win this one, then then they're not making Whack Vegas. Like they just like if they lose at home to UT, if you can't beat UT Arlington at home, who can you beat? Um, says the the team who's playing UT Arlington at home in like a couple of days. Uh, so maybe I should calm down. Um, yeah, I don't know. New Mexico State's going to win that one, I think, pretty handily. And then Sam Houston at Utah Tech is interesting to me. Um, but I think they're just too good. And I, I think Utah Tech's just the slightest bit overrated. So I, I like uh, Sam Houston there. None of the Saturday games really pique my interest too much. I don't think there will be too many. I think Abilene and Tarleton will be a close game, but not a game that matters in the sense that they're they're like two teams. They're the, they're the respectively uh, 11th 
eighth and 11th place teams in the conference. So, um, yeah, that's what we have for the whack this week. Um, we, we do have, uh, the, the updated seating system. This is as of, uh, as of Sunday, the eighth. So after last week's games, um, Utah Valley is in first place still, which I think, uh, completely makes sense. They're one of, uh, one of what three undefeated teams in the conference, um, massive win against Sam Houston as well as wins against, um, Utah Tech, UT Arlington, UTRGV. Um, so yeah, those obviously those teams aren't aren't great, but the Sam Houston win by sixteen uh, was pretty pretty massive. So they're still first. Sam Houston is still second, despite losing to GCU. Um, it, it dropped them below Utah Valley, but not any lower. Um, those two teams are still pretty close, and there's a significant gap. This is where things get ridiculous once again. Uh, at three is Seattle U. We're just going to let that sit. Seattle U's best win of the season is against Ken Palm, number 154 in the country. Uh, that's Cal Baptist. They've also lost to number 224, Oregon, by double digits. They've lost to number 110, Washington, by double digits. Um, I just can't, I can't see a single reason on earth why they're ranked higher than GCU. I really can't. I also don't think they're better than Southern Utah or Stephen F. Austin, who are after them, uh, I would put them at sixth and no higher. Granted, they are undefe- they're one of the three undefeated teams, so I, I guess I understand. Um, but if if we're going to use an algorithm to determine who the better teams are, there's there's it no has to be realistic. There's no statistic that shows that Seattle is better than GCU, other than this, uh, in that Ken Palm has GCU significantly higher, and Net has GCU is significantly higher. So I don't know why, uh, what metric there could possibly be to say that Seattle is better than GCU because objectively they're not. You know what's funny is the only thing that says Seattle is objectively better than GCU is the standings. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> like if but but if we're doing standings, then like then like it'll all play out correctly. Yeah, which I'd actually love that because we're in a great spot since we beat Sam Houston and we have SFA again. Yep, I think we're in a great spot to win the conference. Um, but whatever I realistically like, I do not think Seattle U is a good team. Um, they are going to lose their first game in Las Vegas. Um, and that's going to be that for them. Uh, so I will say, yeah, go ahead with Wimmers. Does it determine the regular season conference champion as well? So like say, you know, regular season conference champion gets an automatic big bid to the NIT if they don't win the, the conference tournament, or is this a standings thing? Because if we're including non-conference stuff in like regular season conference champions, that's that's messed up. If it's just a seeding thing, then I don't whatever. I don't have an answer to that. Yeah, it is. No. It is a resume seeding system. Uh, so I I would I would hope that standings determines regular season conference champion, yeah. and and also that that team will get. Uh, the yeah. buy to the we'll get the the bid for the NIT if they don't make the NCAA. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Seattle's at three. That's a travesty. GCU is at four. Realistically, they should be at three. Um. Southern Utah is currently at five. I think that's fine. Stephen F. Austin is at six. My prediction uh, at the beginning of conference play, uh, when someone asked, uh, who is your dark horse team? It's Stephen F. Austin. If I were a betting man, I would. Uh, which I am, I would suggest that Stephen F. Austin 
will finish inside that top four. That's been kind of the discussion. Uh, there are 12 teams in WAC Vegas, which means the top four gets a first round buy. So being in that top four is really beneficial. It's been pretty clear that Utah Valley and Sam Houston are that top two. Who else is going to round out that top four? Uh, I think it will be GCU and Stephen F. Austin and not Seattle U, who's currently in there. Yeah. Um, Stephen F. Austin is just good. Uh, and I, I had said that before they play GCU. It doesn't surprise me that they beat GCU. They're currently on a six game winning streak. Uh, and I think that'll continue for a little while longer, although they are projected to lose three games in a row. Really? Right now. Against? Yeah. At Utah Tech. Okay. At Southern Utah. Okay. Which both of those are totally winnable. And then at Sam Houston, which I think they will actually lose. Do you think that um, Southern Utah could slip into that four spot over Stephen F. Yeah. Austin? In fact, I think this I think this Stephen F. Austin at Southern Utah game on Saturday could be a really big game. Uh when it For comes winners. to that. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're really close. So when you look at it, tiers, you have UVU and Sam Houston, uh, Utah Valley's at 3.13 and Sam Houston's at 2.98. So they're pretty close. And then you have a pretty big gap and you have Seattle at 2.15 and GCU at 2.11. So almost like identical. Right. And then another pretty big gap and Southern Utah at 0.84 and Stephen F. Austin at 0.71. And then everyone else is negative. So, uh, those two teams are very flippable, but once Seattle U starts losing to like every basketball team they play, which is going to happen, um, <laughs> then we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see one of those teams before the other one be five and probably Seattle drop to six is my prediction. Um, just based off who the better teams are uh, in my humble opinion. But yeah, um, so that's a big game on Saturday. The winner of that game will most certainly jump the other one or the winner of that game will be fifth. The loser will be sixth. Um, those two teams are both pretty good. Uh, and then we have, so surrounding so out, uh, the conference after that, uh, we have Utah tech at seven. Uh, they've been a pretty, a pretty decent team. I, I know, um, they're, they're doing it better than at least than I would expect. They're kind of a middle of the pack team. I expected them to be a little lower, but, uh, they're showing that they're, they're not too bad. They're, they're playing, uh, pretty well. They are one and two in conference play so far uh, with losses at Utah Valley and losses at Cal Baptist uh, with a win at home against UTRGV. They have uh, a really tough stretch coming up. Uh, Stephen F. Austin at home, Sam Houston at home, at GCU, and then New Mexico State at home. So this is one where like Utah Tech could potentially lose all four and find themselves back in the basement of the WAC. But if they find any wins there... Uh, it'd be really big and it would keep them in that mid table discussion. So, I mean, for them just to win any of those four games, I think would be really good. They actually are projected to win two of them against SFA and New Mexico state. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what Utah tech's made of. They have the hard part of their schedule coming up right now. Tarleton's in at eight. Um, they're not bad. Utah tech and Tarleton are the two teams that are not uh, tournament eligible. So um, they are eligible for WAC Vegas, they are not eligible for the NCAA tournament given the like probationary thing. Um, so you know it's always the fun like, what if one of them wins the tournament thing? Um, what happens at uh, Bellarmine? At Bellarmine, yeah. So um, that's what we have there. And then uh, Cal Baptist at nine, um, New Mexico State at ten. They that team's just skidding really hard. Abilene Christian at eleven. Um, I don't know what the deal is really with Abilene Christian. They're one and two as well. Um, they lost at home to Southern Utah, which is a bad loss for them, but a good loss or a good win for Southern Utah. They have uh, 
they have kind of an easier week this week, uh, UTRGV and Tarleton. So if they if they are trying to make up some ground and find themselves back in the middle of the table where I expected them to be, uh, it'd be good for them to pick these ones up. If they don't, they'll continue to be in the basement. And then uh, what is essentially the fight for the last seed. So uh, only 12 of these teams are going to WAC Vegas, which means the team that finishes last will actually not make the conference tournament. Uh, UTRGV is at 12. UT Arlington is at 13. One of those teams will not make it. Uh, UTRGV is negative point, negative 2.02. And then kind of around that is like New Mexico State's negative 1.65. Abilene Christian's negative 1.81. So they're all around there. UT Arlington is negative 4.17. So UT Arlington right now, it's, it's not looking good for their uh, whack Vegas hopes. They are by far um, the lowest team and they're really going to need to like figure something out if they they want to make it um yeah and not an easy week to do it with gcu and new mexico state on the schedule so so yeah that's the wimmers um i still wish we were using conference uh standings i think they're better um seattle u being at three is a travesty i won't complain about new mexico state being at 10 because they're zero and four so uh they get what they deserve they haven't won any games yeah what any thoughts on what are your thoughts on the wimmers I don't really have many thoughts on it aside from the fact that I think it's funny that we have officially made it the Wimmers. <laughs> I'm curious. That's if the any, Wimmers. Yeah. I'm curious if anybody else is calling it that or if they're, you know, going all out saying the whack resume. Every time I talk about it, every time I, re- every time whack hoops digest posts about it in my reply, I make sure to include Wimmers Good. Um, to like kind of see if it'll catch on. I haven't heard anyone else, but us refer to it. As yeah. that, but it is the Wimmers. It is the Wimmers. It's the only thing that makes sense. It just rolls off the tongue so beautifully. Yeah, it's the Wimmers. Hey, you know what? I'm proud of us. I'm so proud of yeah. us. The, <laughs> um, the other thought I have is, you know how, like the the <laughs> world just fell apart when GCU was 500 in conference play the year that Dan Marley got fired. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine being a UT Arlington or a UTRGV, like a bottom dweller of your conference? No. Well, I guarantee we wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it'd be yeah, hard. I mean, I'm a Suns fan, so like <laughs> you've you've been there, but that's like your no, city. we're there right now. We're a bottom dweller. Are you kidding Dude, me? You're... We have a yeah. losing <laughs> record now after today. <laughs> Dude, we're the worst team in basketball. Hey, sorry, not to go on a tangent, but I do have to tell you a, a text my my brother sent me, which is the funniest thing ever. Okay. Um, at one point today, the five on the floor for the Phoenix Suns. Were this, Mikel yeah. Bridges, Landry Shamit, Josh Akogi, Dario Saric, and Jock Landale. Dario, <laughs> that's the five for the Susans. Um, in their <laughs> the match against Susans. the Cavs today, that's what I call it. One Dude, of my give one us of my the nephews, Mercury, please. One of my nephews calls them the Susans because, like, he just thinks it's funny, and so now we all call them the Susans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Susans are not looking good. Um. <laughs> Dario and Jock Landale as our bigs is like the worst thing imaginable. Um, so yeah, the Suns are terrible. They're going to continue to be terrible. Um, but with that being said, if I can root for the Suns um, for the last decade, I can root for a bottom dwelling GCU team. It's nice that we've never been a bottom dweller for since, since ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the year of mediocrity was rough. It, it felt like we were a bottom dweller. Yeah, but that's what it feels like. Like when you go from being when you're just we, what it was is we just weren't a contender, and that made everything feel worse. 
yeah no kidding it's tough man but, hey but it was before, necessary before we go do you want to pick the um the nfl super wild card weekend games yeah okay so we have in the afc miami at buffalo Oh, uh, so I my answer isn't going to be determined by this, but is Tua going to play? Because that's, I think, the question in everyone's mind. Uh, Buffalo should be pretty heavy favorites, even if Tua does play. Hey, Zach, I'm going to be honest. I have not paid attention to the NFL since both the Colts were eliminated from playoff contention and my fantasy team didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So I do not know. Um. So the Dolphins were one of, like they're just the streakiest team on planet earth. Um, but they were at one point in the season, like a lock to be in. Uh, and then Tua got injured and the wheels just completely fell off the bus there. You, you've seen the memes of like Tua getting a concussion, how like he just keeps getting concussions. And it seems like perhaps the dolphins medical staff is doing a great job of making him not play football with a concussion. <laughs> um, so, so like he's injured. Um, I don't know if he's going to play. If he doesn't play, there's no chance they win. If he does play, there's very little chance they win. I just really don't see them beating Buffalo in Buffalo. Um, so I'm going to take the Bills. Okay. So you got the Bills. We got uh, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Now, this is a more interesting game. The Bills are the, uh, the Bengals are kind of the hottest team on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. They had a really tough start to the season. Um. And like they're just, I mean, they're just ridiculous. They've won eight in a row. Yeah. They're four and four, another twelve and four. Uh, I simply am not picking against this team. Okay. So, yeah, so you I'm got the, the Bengals. Bengals. Okay, here's a really interesting one, actually. Yeah, this is the good one. Chargers at Jacksonville. This is this to me is such a pick'em game. It's the NFC four five game is the exact same. Where what you have is. Uh, you have wild card number one, who's a pretty good team versus the worst division winner. So what you actually have is the better team playing on the road against a, a division winner of a bad division. We have the same thing in the NFC with Dallas Tampa, but yeah, Jacksonville beat Tennessee yesterday. So they're nine and eight. Yeah. And at least they have a winning record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas Tampa's eight and nine. Um, I think that like, here's the deal. I think the chargers are just a better football team. Um, Jacksonville is kind of on a tear though. They've won five in a row, but when you look at it, like, dude, like, I don't know, man, like are Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk going to like win a playoff game, you know, like, yeah, they're at home, but like, and Trevor Lawrence has been really awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. I really like Trevor Lawrence. He's been really good. And the Chargers did just lose in, in Denver this week, but they had the one, yeah. they had the, they had first wild card locked. So it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take the Chargers just cuz I think they're better. I'm okay. really interested to see what the spread is in this game in Jacksonville, but the Chargers are like just the better team and I'm not going to pick against them. Okay? We have in the NFC Seattle at San Francisco. San Francisco is a buzzsaw. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Um I <laughs> that's all I have to say. That team's okay. crazy. They're going to okay. win. So you got San Francisco. You got the New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> the two most fraudulent teams in the playoffs, I think, <laughs> where like both of these teams, like, can like both of these teams, I think, aren't very good. Uh, in the sense that I, I think like they're both just overachievers. Like they're teams that have done really well with not a lot of talent. Um, and to say, like, well, I don't know. I, I guess the 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 Vikings have talent, 
Um, we have this joke with my family. Uh, are we going to see Kurt Cousins today or are we going to see Kurt's cousin uh, is what we say. <laughs> Whereas like, like sometimes he's two different dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was, they had the game where they had the biggest comeback in NFL history this year. Right. They were don't, playing. Don't uh, talk about it, please. Oh, it was against the Colts. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the thing, right? It's like you have Kirk's cousin in the first half, just throwing like a million picks. And then Kirk Cousins shows up in the second half. Kirk's cousin cannot be out there in a playoff game for them to win. At the same time, um, like Daniel Jones is not winning a playoff game. So I'm going to begrudgingly say the Vikings will win, but, but only I, by one score. I think that's as far as they'll get. No, I actually like, I can see the Vikings running it out. The Vikings are like, they're just like unpredictable to me. Like they're probably better. They can win. In fact, they can probably beat teams. They're better than, but I just like, don't, I don't trust them in any means to make any sort of run beyond winning this game against the giants. But I, I do think they'll, they'll beat the giants. Okay. So the final game of super wildcard weekend, we have Dallas and Tampa Bay meeting up in Tampa these two played each other in the first game of the season and Dallas absolutely got shellacked. Who do you have? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take, so before I give my answer here, uh, I'm going to take some words from the wise uh, Nick Wright, who I actually really don't like, but Nick Wright said uh, basically in November predicted exactly the situation the Buccaneers are going to be in. And I think he's completely right. Uh, and so I'm, I'm rocking with the Buccaneers to win this one. Uh, I think Tampa Tom's got a little bit more magic in him. Go ahead. You can play the clip. Tom Brady is going to go eight and nine (laughs) and then host a playoff game and then go visit Kirk Cousins and then potentially have Jimmy Garoppolo or Geno Smith to go to his 11th Super Bowl. And I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not going to be able to handle it. I see it happening. He's going to be Daniel Jones visiting Tom Brady in round one of the playoffs. We're like, really? And he's going to win that game. And it's like, wait, he plays Geno Smith now? You, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, that's what's going to happen. That's actually that, so, awesome. So that was really funny back in November. Obviously, it's not going to work out quite that way. But it is funny to think, like, yeah, the Buccaneers are bad. They're 8-9. and nine, But they won the division, right? So they got a home game against Dallas, the most unpredictable team on the earth. Right, and then they're playing an Eagles team with Jalen. Jalen, uh, they're uh, who, who's their quarterback? The Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Jalen um, Hurts. Gardner Minshew is their backup. Yeah, Hurts is injured, right? So like Gardner Minshew, right? And then the winner of of Kirk Cousins and Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game, right? Like I, I don't know. I just I think that like that would just be so funny to me of like. Tampa Bay going eight and nine and then just beating a bunch of like mid quarterbacks on the way to a Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't know. I, I foresee it. I'm, I'm rocking with Nick, Wright. I think that's the right pick. Uh, I, and also I do like Tom Brady. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay over, over the Cowboys. Yikes, dude. I'm going to have to edit out the part where you said you like Tom Brady. Oh dude. I love Tom Brady. Bro, come on. All right. All right. Well, the thing about Tom Brady is he gives me somebody to cheer against in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, well, <laughs> if he gets to the Super Bowl, which he should, that's true. That's San true. is going to win the NFC. But... Yep, yep, the buzz saw. Dude, they're just crazy. Like I said, I haven't been paying that much attention to the NFL. Um, but I will say this. The Bills are destined to win the Super Bowl now. I hope so, man. Dude, did you see? I hope so. Did you say, see Naheem Hines take that kickback? At the, the, the kick yeah, to the, the house against the Patriots, yeah. In the, in the first kick of the game? Holy cow, that place was rocking. No, oh, man. My mind, man. 
and uh, and Demar Hamlin was actually like tweeting and engaging and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, I, I I don't know between the the Bills and the Bengals, those two are probably my favorites from the AFC. Although it, it would be almost negligent to count out Kansas City. You just you well, can't. So what's crazy here is, dude, the, are we gonna get a neutral site? Yeah, if they're gonna play at University win, of Idaho, which I think they will, they'll have the same record. Or I think maybe the Bills have a one game or one game better. That's why they're the two seed. Um, but you have that head to head that didn't get played that would have determined who's the two and who's the three, right? So if they play, they're gonna have a neutral site uh, game for that for that uh, for that semifinal game. And I think uh, right, if Buffalo and Kansas City play in the AFC Championship, same thing there. Because if Buffalo would have beaten Cincinnati, they would they would be the one seed. That's what I'm hearing. Kansas City, dude. Could you I, the the first one that I saw for the neutral site was the Kibbe Dome in Moscow, Idaho, <laughs> University of Imagine, Idaho. yeah. <laughs> so like, here's a real scenario, right? Buffalo beats Cincinnati in a neutral site, and then beats Kansas City in a neutral site, and then wins the Super Bowl in a neutral site. Would <laughs> be sweet. Like, but hey, they need yeah. to they need to win a home game before they get there. So they do against uh, Miami. Yeah, with without Tua, probably like I don't know. Hey, um, what what do you think should be the neutral site? I got I got um the the sky uh, the, sorry the walk up Sky Dome in Flagstaff, Arizona. Dude, I like the Sky Dome. It's um, actually a cool place. I think like I always I think like realistically, University of Phoenix wouldn't be a bad spot because it'll be probably like for when it is, it'll be pretty nice weather. Like they won't have to worry about nonsense. I don't I don't think you can um, though because that's where the Super Bowl's at. Is it? Yeah. Really? We have the Super Bowl this year? Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, then it's not going to be there. Um, I mean, you could just put it in SoFi, but they have a, do they have another playoff game? Um, the it Chargers, possibly. No. Yeah, they're, they're on the, the road. Only, the only way that the Chargers could host a game is if they... They play another to, wild card? Yeah, is if they were does to the play NF, does, Baltimore or Does Miami. football reseed after the first round? Mm, no, it's just... Well, kind of, yes. The, the, the highest remaining seed plays against the lowest remaining okay so they do reseed so it's not it's not a set bracket okay yeah no um then they could um but yeah well i don't know i mean maybe they could have it somewhere out east like what uh like they could they could do it at uh the patriot stadium but that's gonna like i mean like all those places are gonna be snowy nightmares right so like i don't know somewhere where it doesn't snow maybe in florida but the jaguars are hosting a playoff game so that's not gonna happen yeah um yeah i don't know so Dude, it should, like it should be at some answer, yeah. some college stadium. Dude, that'd be sick. Should play at a that'd high school stadium. <laughs> no, dude, the, here you go. Here you go. Christian the, high school. No, I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Did field have... of dreams in Iowa. Make that exactly. into a football field. Oh, there you the go. Con. There you yeah. go. That I don't know. There's a lot of things they could do. Uh, they could play an old candlestick. Uh, in San Francisco. Wait, is that thing still standing? I don't think so. <laughs> like, play, on, play on that lot. <laughs> Paint some play lines in the in bay. The park. You're on water. You got some boats. <laughs> uh, That's fun. yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah, that that'll be interesting. Well, I, I'll definitely, I'm definitely keeping an eye out. Um, do you have any any other thing whack related? No, I feel pretty confident about us going two and zero. I was looking at our schedule and like. Like, I am just like, I don't know why I'm like this, because normally I'm generally more pessimistic than you. But I was I I had the thought, which, like, I should not be having of, like, we can run the table. 
Like we can win out. I think we can win out. You always can win. <laughs> which is like, which it's is like a, a crazy no, thought, can't. right? Of like, we only have Utah Valley once and it's at home. We don't have Sam Houston again. New Mexico State's a catastrophe. We already played Stephen of Austin on the road. Like, what's our hardest game? Utah Valley at home? Utah Valley. New Mexico State in Las Cruces? Possibly Southern Utah on the road. Southern Utah on the road? Like, we can win out. The vaunted <laughs> Redbirds from Seattle? Dude, probably. Honestly, we're going to lose to them twice and I'm never going to hear the end of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I really like our chances. Um, uh, I guess that... that I guess that Stephen F. Austin Southern Utah game is uh, a bigger game than I thought because they're basically playing heads up for fifth place and potentially uh, the winner of that game will probably get the fourth by once Seattle inevitably falls apart. Yeah. So um, that's a big game. That's probably my game of the week. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Got anything else for us for the web? I, I don't think so. All right. All right. We will hear, well, you will hear from us on Monday and until then, Go out, support the Lopes on Thursday. And uh, if you want to make the drive like Zach, head out to Riverside and uh, and show them what a real fan base is. Yeah, Lopes up. All right, Lopes up, guys. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out the block for three. Go! Harrison, up high, put back by the corner. Push back on Harrison quickly to the block and drives baseline. Barrel, no doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that. I will be with a big right hand. Give the Lopes a three-point advantage. Jared Goff with an absolute dot to the defense. <laughs>